Hello and welcome to Novel Not New, a Truen podcast. We're a narrative gaming book club podcast where we take a look at video games with a deep enough narrative, almost reading them and uh, discussing it with uh, amongst ourselves. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and uh, joining me as always, Six Detmar. Hello, hello. And Olivia Joseph. Hey. And uh, start things off like normal. Um, what have you been up to? Like, uh, what have you been playing, Six? So, uh, I came in here to sort of like to snipe Olivia and it didn't work out. Um, I'll <laughs> give it another shot. I will snipe you. Uh, I played 18 minutes of Muvlove Love and I was like, I hate this protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a little shithead. Yeah, I mean that's not gonna that's not gonna emotionally affect me. He sucks. Yeah, I'm no I'm not I'm not saying this to devastate you. You just I said you were going you. to snipe me. And I said I failed to snipe you and I'll have to snipe you another time because what I wanted to do was I wanted to like be like, Hey Olivia, what's new in Muv Love? And I'll be like, Yeah, well in the seventeen hours I played No, I can't do it. <laughs> Maybe another time. <laughs> uh, I actually have to get back to Muv Love. Here's the thing is that I started the second like the second route and it really just does seem to be like, it. there doesn't seem to be any divergence in the roots. It seems like you kind of just do the same thing and then choose like various side scenes based on your choices. Which means a lot of just like sitting and watching the text scroll, which is not super engaging. I mean, I'm, I'm old school, like visual novel dating sim head. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, of course. You know, you just hold control and, you know, sip your tea. It's fine. Um, but, you know, I, I do admit that it's not, like, incredible design. It's just something I'm used to. Does it not have a skip all unseen text option? I mean, it does. I skip all seen text? It, it does, but you're still watching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to skip. Yeah, there's a lot, it is a lot to skip. And it, it skips pretty fast in Mob Love, but it's just the mental of, like, I'm the kind of person who, like... When I was a kid, I stopped playing multiple games because I, like, lost my save. And, like, rather than replay up to the point where I was, I just stopped playing the game. Like, there's something about reviewing things in my head, which is just, like, I don't want to do that. Hmm. See, I, I grew up without a expansion pack on my Nintendo 64 or, for the first few weeks, a memory card on my PS2. So... I got very used to, like, playing the first few hours of Kingdom Hearts and then starting over again until <laughs> I talked with my yeah. parents and they're like, yeah, we need to get you a memory card, turns out. <laughs> I didn't go with it without it as long as you did, but I had the same experience with Kingdom Hearts. I bought a memory card when I bought my... I bought a memory card when I bought my PlayStation 2 because I didn't want that to happen to me. Well, I didn't buy the PlayStation 2 because I was a child, Olivia. I was also a child. And they just gave you $300? No, I worked for $300. Wow. I was one of those do shit around the neighborhood kids. Wow, you're a psychopath. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I am a psychopath. Uh, my allowance for, like, I had an allowance, uh, but it was my age. My allowance was, like, just I would get the monetary amount of my age every week, which does not, <laughs> which does not scale up when you are a child you know like 
when you're when you're a kid and you get like twelve dollars a week, you're like, damn, twelve whole dollars. And then you get into high school and video games are sixty dollars and you're getting fifteen a week and you're like, well, okay then. Yep. I mean, my allowance was less than that, but <laughs> all right, six. I'm just you know I'm just saying. Um... <laughs> We just had to. Anyway, we had to explore alternate means of income. I was like Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, card sharking for a while. I would. What I would do is, uh, it got to a point where my parents would, because they they both had you know like full time, kind of o- mostly overtime jobs, and so they didn't have time to make me lunches and stuff. They're like, okay, so go ahead and like buy here's like here's this money for your lunches for for the week right Mm -hmm. and i was like aha (laughs) i will buy a box of uncrustables for the week and then save the extra money and after two weeks i'll be able to go buy like a playstation 2 greatest hits Mm -hmm. that was my strat um but anyway what i played this time (laughs) was uh, I have been playing a uh, PS4 game. It's also out on Switch. Don't play it on Switch. In fact, maybe don't play it on PS4, though I like it. Uh, called Moglum Lord. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> of course you don't. No one knows what the fuck this game is. Uh, and there's a reason for that. But uh, Moglum Lord is a combination action RPG visual novel. Um, you are playing as... Killazerk, the demon lord of of blades, um, <laughs> which is sick. Uh, you, you you pick your gender, but no matter what, they just use they just use non-binary pronouns for you. Um, and you are um, so you know there are demons. Oh, the girl and there demon are gods. lord is titties. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> Her dialogue is great. She's really fun. Um, uh, anyway, she uh, basically. Um, there are demons, there are gods, there are humans. Humans can wield special weapons called moglums that are able to kill gods and demons who are otherwise immortal. And that's like, okay, well, that's just the balance of power, right? Except for you're the, like the god of weapons and swords, and so you can also wield and make those. Um, and they're like, wait, there's one immortal who can make things that can kill immortals? That's fucked. We have to, like, they, the demons and gods all band together to kill you. Um... They hate to see and a girl boss winning. They really do. They really do. Um, but they can only imagine how much you win in the future because you managed to escape barely wounded and you sleep for an indeterminate amount of time, possibly decades, possibly millennia. I have no idea. And you wake up and the world has changed. The demons and gods are all gone. It's just you left. And now the world is being run by this like strict government administration. And they're like, well, here's the thing. The thing about you demon lords is you try to conquer the world and you eat souls. And obviously we can't have that. So we have to destroy you. Except you're the last one, which makes you an endangered species. And the law says we have to protect endangered species. So congratulations. (laughs) Um, And so it becomes this like the JRPG, the action RPG element of it. um, I want to I want to touch on it in more detail in a second, but basically it's just like hack and slash like dungeon stuff. It's very basic, um, but mostly what you're doing is playing as this character as you sort of like walk around this world, try to have fun, and also uh, then a weird old man introduces the concept of romance to you, and you're like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds fun, 
um, and your vassals like, finally, you'll get an heir, and you're like, how does that work? Because you're an idiot. But then it, there's also the dating sim element of it, and that's fun. Okay. The writing is great. The localization is great. The art is great. Uh, the action RPG elements legitimately look like a bad PS2 game and run like shit on a PS5. Oh, no. <laughs> I, it's kind of appalling. <laughs> I am looking at screenshots on Google Images, and I'm seeing a lot of like a robot barista man, and then some shit oh, yeah, that would be great. like uh, subpar gotcha game graphics for the uh, uh-huh. what I assume is the uh, the hack and slash part. Yeah, um, when you're comboing three enemies, the frame rate starts to drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's embarrassing how bad the action rpg stuff runs and also it's not like it's fine you mash it out um so yeah you're mostly just there for like the the visual novel part and you tolerate the action rpg it's very much like it's it's the the gameplay is very much of like one of those like generic ps1 action rpgs where you're like i mean i can play this my hands will move this is not at all entertaining um unfortunately i have a very high tolerance for that so that's why i say i don't know if anyone should play this definitely don't play it on the switch because if it runs rough on a ps5 i can only fucking imagine um but i like the visual novel and the art enough that i'm doing it anyway because it's fun Mm -hmm. also you turn into a sword so that's the other thing um (laughs) that's how the dating works basically is that uh you early on you're like okay i'm gonna go fight some monsters and absorb their power and you do that and you're like shit i used more magic killing them than i got from killing them this is a there's a there's a accounting problem here the celery of monsters (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh your one of your uh, vassals was like well i think actually you should be able to preserve your magic if you instead just like you make one of your weapons and then you sort of like temporarily possess it as it were like you are the weapon that shouldn't cost any any magic and you're like yeah but then i i can't move i'm just a sword it's like well then obviously we need to get someone to wield you and so you have the various partners like the robot butler mm-hmm. or uh the big titty Onesama hero, or uh, I think there's or like the a boy. squirrel journalist. I see one who's just like the boy. Yeah, he's just the boy. What about this elf? I'm seeing a cute elf. Show me the cute elf. I don't know if I've gotten the cute elf yet. Does she have the? Is it the one with the fucking? Uh, I just just. Yeah, I'm gonna paste in me. voice chat. I'm gonna paste an elf in the voice chat. Okay. Oh, okay. That's that's one of your your aides. I don't think you can date him. Oh, that's a boy. He's too young. Anime. Yes. He's too young. He's a boy and he's too young. That's real anime right here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can also date the, like, uh, administrator of the government. I don't know why you'd want to. But also, the thing is, you can date everyone at once. So I guess you just just max it all the meters. Why not? You're just just trying to figure this stuff out, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 My uh, my my vassals are very concerned that I don't properly understand this whole having an heir business when I am a lady dating a lady, but it's fine. Okay, you're telling. Okay, look, there's magic. What? This is a world with magic. We'll figure it out. Yeah, there actually isn't very much magic anymore. That's the problem. Ah, uh, that's what happens when you kill all the gods. 
It's really, it really is. Though I think they're not all dead. Oh shit. What if there's like an evil god that's still alive? I think there are evil gods and good gods. I think the creepy old man who told me about love and has a necklace that says marriage on it <laughs> is a god. Oh wait, uh, this guy. <laughs> I'm seeing this guy. Uh, you like his marriage necklace this kid, he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt that has like pink hearts and then inverted purple hearts in them and then has like a his necklace is like okay it's like a wreath it goes over his shoulders and in these big like wooden blocks it says it spells out marriage yeah, he's a lot. <laughs> I love his fucking shutter shades too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has shutter shades. Huh. Oh. I love anime so, so much. It's great. I don't know why the action RPG part of this game is here. It feels like they made it under protest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Okay. How okay. about you, Olivia? Uh, okay, so have you heard about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles? Hell yeah. The power of the Monado. Monado boy. Monado boy. <laughs> uh, man. How, okay, so there was a Nintendo Direct, which I didn't watch, but they announced a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 trailer, which I did watch. and so, Where everyone has a flute? Uh, I think like two people have flutes. Like five people have flutes. There's a point where a person pulls out a flute in front of an army and everyone in the army pulls out a flute. Everyone has flutes. I did, okay, you've maybe seen a different trailer than I have. <laughs> in, my, in my trailer, it looked like the cat girl and Athron Zala were the only people who had flutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, so I started... Okay. I didn't think of myself, like, in my self-conception, I did not think of myself as such a big Xenoblade fan, but then just something about that trailer just, like, lodged in my soul. So I started watching a Xenoblade 2 Let's Play, because I, I had played Xenoblade 2 before. And then, I, at some point during the Xenoblade 2 Let's Play, I was like, fuck, I just want to play Xenoblade, but I can't start a new file of Xenoblade 2 when I'm 20 hours into the Xenoblade 2 Let's Play. So I started replaying Xenoblade 1. And now I am playing two Xenoblade games at the same time. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just don't wear yourself out too much before 3, because that's <laughs> like a few months away. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's in September. So I think I think before September, of the, I have 10 months, basically, to beat Xenoblade one i mean i'm just gonna do the I can, i'm just gonna finish the let's play no problem because i'm watching it on like a 1.5 speed <laughs> so i'm gonna finish that no problem so just in 10 months i have to beat xenoblade one and then do the uh the little epilogue bonus story which i never actually played there's like a little oh yeah right when they put it out on switch there was like a little bonus campaign that you can do which is uh, takes place after the story of Xenoblade 1. God, do you know where that game goes? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I I I never so I never actually played Xenoblade 1 before, but I watched I watched a let's play of it like back in the day. Like we're talking like 7 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um 
So I know how the whole thing goes. So the concept of another game that takes place after the end of Xenoblade 1 is an ama- Like, it's wild. It's a very interesting idea. You kind of want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I want that so badly. Um, the true Monado. The, tr- the fucking... The, tr- it's fine. the true Monado. I love... Uh. Xenoblade 1 is a very fun game to play when, like, you know all the twists and stuff. Um, just because they're, like... Because Xenoblade 1 really is a game of twists. Like, you start that game and you don't know shit about what's going on. And then throughout the game, you will progressively learn more about what is going on and be like, oh my god. But if you know what's going on, it's actually, like, super obvious. Like, everything's just there. They don't mm-hmm. they don't really make much of an effort to hide anything. <laughs> There's a part where one of the main villains of the game who has been, like, your he's like your ally for most of the game and then betrays you in the final act there's a point where he just looks at you guys walking off and goes uh i don't feel good about lying to all of these children and eventually betraying them and somebody standing next to him goes what'd you say and he goes nothing (laughs) 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 so like good stuff like it's just it's kind of just there um which makes for a very fun experience um I just got Ricky, who's like the funny little guy party member. He is in like a he's in a punitive debt spiral and is like lent out to your party as a mercenary. Uh, kind of forgot that part. Um yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to keep playing it. Uh, I keep getting sidetracked by the fucking side quests. Um the Colony Six reconstruction stuff is hell and also just really activates the part of my brain that wants to make the fucking housing numbers go up mm-hmm. <sighs> juju how do you how do you handle most of the side quests by the way because i know that the whole thing with um these in a blade games is that there's a million side quests and you're just supposed to like pick them all up and if you happen to solve one good yeah there's a lot of like especially in xenoblade one especially there's a whole like there's a whole bunch of side quests that just basically like don't need any actual effort from you because you'll pick them up and it'll just be like fight these monsters and you're like okay i'm gonna fight these monsters anyway (laughs) or like uh collect these items like okay uh, yeah i'm gonna go over to the little shiny things and get the items so that's pretty that's pretty easy um the way that i've been going is like i do the main story until like it starts to be slightly difficult and then i go and do a bunch of side quests until i'm overpowered again like that's my rhythm basically it's funny with the side quests because i feel it feels like they're randomly generated but they're not right i mean i guess probably they were randomly generated in development and then i'll go to the same for everyone but like you enter an area and there's an npc there who just has seven quests for you and you talk to them and they go I have a problem. And one of your characters goes, tell me about your problem. <laughs> and they say, I need this monster dead. And then and then you're like, okay, I'll do it. And then you talk to them again. They're like, gosh. And you're like, what's wrong? And they're like, I need this item. <laughs> it's especially funny when you get to the Nopon village because there's a specific unnamed Nopon villager who has a grievance with every monster in the area and asks you to kill some of them. <laughs> like, like, I got kicked by one of those horse enemies. Go kill five of them for me. Or, you know those big giants that have the little guys riding around? I want to ride on one of them. Kill them. 
<laughs> so that, like, there's less of the little guys running around so I can ride on one of the giants. Or, like, that monster's fucking ugly. Go kill them for me. And it's just this one bloodthirsty little guy who wants me to kill, like, 50 different monsters between them. Jeez. Uh, very powerful. Excited to see how the Nopon will be kind of racist in uh, Xenoblade 3. I never saw too much of the Nopon. I got, in fact, in my original Wii copy, I got to the point where I got the Nopon party member, mm-hmm. and I stopped um, for a couple of reasons. One, it was just things going on, but also I did not enjoy him. Um, He's the thing is, if when you play Xenoblade Chronicles two, then you come back to Xenoblade one, and you're like, Ricky's fine. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there, there, I mean, Ricky doesn't yes. have a maid fetish, you know. And he isn't proud of the maid fetish. No. Uh, Ricky is just in a punitive debt spiral because his kids keep, like, <laughs> keep uh, eating the village eating the village out of house and home, you know? Yeah. He's just fun. Um, they're very mean to him, actually. Which is, like, um, they're mean to Tora in Xenoblade 2, but Tora's, like, a little shithead. Ricky's trying to do his best, and Ryan keeps calling him a furball. I mean, Ryan's just kind like, Ryan's... I like Ryan, but he is also an asshole. Ryan is very sweet and kind to Shulk and nobody else. Which <laughs> nobody else. <laughs> there's a great there's a great interaction um in the area I just got to, the Aerith Sea, where they recently just got Melia, who's like a she's the like magic princess character. And Shulk's like, Melia, mm. you haven't asked like what our our quest is. Do you mind? And she goes, like, no. She goes like, Well, I'm sure you guys have a good reason to be here, and it's not really my you know, it's not my place to pry into the affairs of others. And there's a beat, and Ryan goes, It's totally bothering her. And she's like, It's not <laughs> bothering me. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very fun cast um i pretty much there's pretty much like no xenoblade one party member that i don't like um so they're just fun to like bounce off each other i also i just really like the like the in battle like dialogue or you know just like being like like sharla gets a crit and shulk's like sharla that was great and she's like hey thanks yeah yeah <laughs> It's just sweet. Uh, when Dunban does, re- if you have Dunban and Charla in the same party, so when Dunban does something cool, Charla will go, "The hero Dunban, back at it again." And it's like, yeah, <laughs> everyone's very supportive of Dad. It's nice. I refuse to believe that Dunban is like twenty-four. That is a forty-year-old <laughs> man. <laughs> as much as people love to harp on how repetitive the dialogue is in battle and stuff, like. It has become beloved. Like, yeah. anytime you mention these games, like, everyone just starts reciting the battle lines because they're so catchy and memorable. Yeah, when <laughs> when you mention Xenoblade Chronicles, a countdown starts, and at the end of the countdown, somebody will go, Now it's Ryan time! <laughs> See, I'm I'm the I'm the really fucked up one who got sad when they patched Xenoblade 2 to make the enemies less talkative. Oh, that's so um, fucked up. Oh, you also don't like it? Oh, it was so great. No, no, no. Like, it's fucked up that they reduced the lines. The best part about fighting yeah. the soldier guys was they would just yell, Don't forget me! <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was playing in, in Japanese, but, like, 
<laughs> basically it's the ore date which is like i can do it and i just like at one point accidentally pulled a mob of seven of them and they're like i can i can i i can do i can do i can do it and i was like this is great i love this it's, it's, it's just a complete cacophony <sighs> yeah no xenoblade xenoblade's very good um i'm very excited to get the final party member who, whose name I won't mention, because it is a spoiler, but, like, I'm just excited for it. Not excited for the Xenoblade, for, like, the parts of the Xenoblade plot that are just, like, Melia's endless train of suffering. Because that girl gets done extremely dirty. Yeah, it ain't great. It ain't great. I've also, I, I as I say, I stopped with, with Ricky, the hero pawn, but I, you know, I did some reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you do. And and also, now I have it on Switch and I'm slowly making my way. And you are, like, your tweets also, because you've been tweeting some stuff as you go. And it's like, I should really get back to this. It's good. It's, a, it's just a good it's game. Good. Um, a lot of fun. Um, I really I really wish you could have more than three characters in the party, is the thing. Uh, both for, like... Well, both for, like, I just want to see more of the character interactions. And also, uh, just practically... Just practically, yeah. because I, I want to grind more affinity. <laughs> Let's not lose our heads, though. <laughs> I'm in the same place with Caligula Effect, too. Like, I got to the... I finally got to the point in that game where I'm starting to unlock some of the deeper conversations with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the one for... Oh, I'm blanking on her name. Like, the the one that acts like an older woman all the time. like Sasara. Uh, yeah, Sasara. Like, I got to Sasara's, and I was like, oh, this is an interesting menu item. I've not seen this. And once I actually went through, it's like, holy shit, okay. And I'm now in a position where I want to see these cutscenes for all of those characters. But uh, I, you only level up their affinity with you and unlock more of that if they're in your active party. And it's like, well, oh, I don't true? like... I think that's true. Like, there's a number on the side of them that continues to go up whenever oh, yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that is, that is true. But, it, you know, having played the whole damn game, like, I got up to. There was a point where I was just kind of, like, shuffling people around to keep them on the same level, generally. And I reached, like, maximum affinity with everybody way before I could even unlock their cutscenes. So you'll be good on that front. Okay, that's relieving to hear. Yeah, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna run out. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been making good progress in that. Speaking of like playing games that Olivia has also played. Um, now, Caligula Effect Two is really a Kim game. Kim is really the one who put that game over to everyone in our social circle. Put it on the map. <laughs> that she is did. true. Yeah, because <laughs> like this game got like. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's how little people have talked about this game until, like, I saw Kim posting about it, and then you talked about it, like, an episode or two ago on this podcast. Yeah, I think I'm I was following like, the entire Caligula Effect 2 fandom on my private account. <laughs> yeah, like, and hearing about all the stuff with the first game, I kind of understand why, just because, like, sounds like they really whiffed that first game, but... It feels like they really knocked it out of the park with the second one. Like, I, some of the side quests could be a little better, and I have gotten into a rhythm of just, like, playing on normal until I get to bosses and then just womp- womping them by sending it to easy. 
but mm-hmm. uh yeah i reached a point i played that game on hard um and i reached a point where like i was still incredibly overpowered so i was like i wish there was a difficulty harder than hard because i really like tinkering around with that battle system I thought I saw a setting that was like extreme. Maybe they hmm. patched that in later, but uh, or who maybe knows? that's a, like when you complete the game thing, or like you have to. Because I started on normal and then set it to hard later, so maybe it's one of those difficulties where like you have to be playing that through the whole game. Um, yeah, one of those situations where you have to commit, maybe. Which I wouldn't want to do because early game Caligula Effect Two is rough. Like. <laughs> That that Machina boss fight was like really difficult in a way that nothing else in the game was afterward. Yeah, it's really it's really when they give you four plus uh, party members that mm-hmm. things start to click that whole system. Yeah. Until then, like when you're just fighting with two or three, it's it, it really feels like you're fighting with one hand tied behind your back because yeah. you're spending way too long for everyone to get ready and all that. Yeah, you really need like the you really need the maximum ability to interrupt enemy like attacks and positioning. Um, yeah, but it's on the other hand, it's really I've spent I've spent like five extra minutes in a fight just trying to like uh, engineer the perfect air juggle combo. Even though the guy is already dead, but it's so fun to line up the combos. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm good at fighting games for once in a way, just because like <laughs> yeah, juggling is. Like, getting a good juggle down is, like, one of the most satisfying things in a fighting game. And you can just do that all the time here. Because Sasura has that melee counter where if you knock somebody into the air with it, she'll get an additional spin that will, like, juggle them. So you can really, like, you can knock somebody into the air, attack them, and then just as they're coming down, they hit Sasura's spin and then hit your fourth party member to knock them even further into the air. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. I really do enjoy, like, the way... There's something about these games that set up a whole rogues gallery of villains that are kind of working together. Except the villains are... kind of hate each other, like, individually. So... There's something really satisfying to me about those sorts of stories where you're just, like, working on them one at a time, and if you get one of them disgruntled enough, or... Like, you're basically upsetting the happy or unhappy balance they have back at their base, so they start scheming against the other ones like oh Mm -hmm. how about i just don't tell anyone what's happening or i'm gonna show these fuckers what's what (laughs) you're gonna if you like that you're gonna really love the end game which is like (laughs) bluff man just completely loses control of these motherfuckers and they do whatever they want (laughs) to some really beautiful just like everybody's plans crashing into each other yeah, like the first guy you run into, like Machina, um, he's already like, hey, if I, if I just take care of it myself, I'll probably be able to get one up on Bluffman. <laughs> yeah, because Machina is really loyal to, Machina is loyal to Regret and not to Bluffman, and that is where all the problems start. Yeah, it is pretty great how you just get through three different bosses with the first two, like, well, you take the first one out of commission to a severe degree, but the second one's just like, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah, like, I would I would get in trouble if I told them that you beat me, so I'm just not going to say anything about it. Yeah, I just... I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Did, did, you get to, like, did you get to Key's memory-altering punch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
like it's it's hard to tell sometimes when she's just making some of that shit up because like <laughs> she mentions her amazing eavesdropping ability and it turns out like every time you're using it to try and find someone who's talking about dreams like they're either using it differently in a sentence than intended or it's a completely different word entirely <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she's a little rascal there's also a point where key runs out of like uh pun names to give her abilities and has to ask the party to supply them which is a very great bit <laughs> Her dialogue is so interesting in terms of the way it's localized because she just devolves into a lot of British slang sometimes. <laughs> she calls Gin a simp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that part made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> yeah, she just got, he's just being nice to a girl and she exclaims, You simp! <laughs> Seems like a mean thing to do. Uh, she's kind of mean, is the thing. I know. I've I've been pl- I have played a lot less of the game than you two because I've been juggling so much, but I also have played. She's a nasty little freak. She's great. <laughs> That's ideal. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, love, the, I t- love the part where she like the the like one two punch of her being like ah you're my soulmate we're gonna combine and uh and like destroy this this awful world and then later tells Gin eh I could really have bonded with anyone it didn't have to be the main character. <laughs> I, I also love an early conversation she has with Gin where Gin's like, so how much is, how severe is this bond exactly? And he's just like, oh, I could just take control of her and make her make funny faces. And Gin's like, please do not ever do that again. Please do not. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, for such a limited, like, the you can clearly see the budget the limits of their budget all around but like mm-hmm. the writing is just so stellar that it makes up for it it's just such an imaginative game yeah i think i think a game that like really i think a game it's like a game that i think is a real testament to like the power of a talk sprite because those character models i think basically never make any expressions but everyone just has like really good sprite work um Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it puts the, it puts the, um, it puts the personality on models that otherwise have, like, no, no personality. Although the animation yeah. of Key sticking out of the main character's chest is very funny. <laughs> uh, the first time it happened to, like, Shota, it was such amazing, it was so amazing just because, like, he he's already, like, dealing with all these plants and other shit, so he's just having his entire world crumble at once, and here's this woman sticking out of another woman's chest being like, what's going on? Uh, I love... Okay, speaking of really good key dialogue, she has this line where she's looking at Shota where she goes, that guy's got issues. Not that it isn't funny to watch, but jeez. But <laughs> uh, she, just, she just sucks really badly. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We want to talk about what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. <laughs> I guess that was kind of my what I'm playing segment, but yeah, let's let's get into the, the main course here. We're we're talking about Riven, the sequel to Mist, um, which the is sequel to Mist. Yeah, which is of course like the sequel to the best-selling game Mist, and by best-selling I mean. If you had a CD drive back in the early to late 90s, you probably owned a copy of Mist somewhere. 
it was... And I have no idea why. Like, I like Mist, but, like, it's not, like, a mass market appeal game. The thing that I'm increasingly coming to learn just about life is that media popularity makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I think it just hit right place, right time, and, like, it was the best-selling game ever until 2002 when it was beat out by The Sims. Now, that one makes sense. I do understand why The Sims is popular. Sims, The Sims rules. Yeah, that one, like, that one defined a new level of, like, mainstream appeal that, uh, like, I'm not sure if they're still at the top of the chart these days, but, uh, still... A lot of people play The Sims still. People who don't play video games otherwise. And Mist was kind of a tech demo in that sense just because people wanted something to do with their CD-ROMs. And oh look, here's a little FMV guy who appears and is like, Hey, I'm, I'm trapped here. You want to help me out? <laughs> but yeah, like, this one came out like four years later and as... I kind of discovered while I was researching it, it's kind of a sequel to Mist, but it's also a sequel to the prequel book they wrote in 1995. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, I'm, it's weird how they put so much important plot stuff in that. <laughs> yeah, I read some wild lore posts while playing this game. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the rundown for people who haven't played Mist before is like, Mist and Riven are first-person games where you're clicking around a series of still images, uh, solving puzzles within them to accomplish a specific larger goal. Except they're not like... They're not like puzzles in the sense of something like The Witness or other puzzle games you might have played. Like, these ones try to get very technical and try to act like you're... They try to imagine what a puzzle would be in terms of how do you interact with this real-world object we've created in this fantasy world. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle the plot summary, all right? Okay. Previously in Mist, you opened a book and stumbled into the world of Mist, which has a whole bunch of books that link you to different worlds, which are known as ages, uh, it's, which full of, like, complex machinery and stuff, but not a lot of people. You discovered that there were two people, two brothers trapped in books, and they were like, hey, let me out. Don't let my brother out. He's bad. Uh, you get gather a bunch of pages to let them out, but then at the very end, you realize, assuming you did the good ending and not one of the bad endings, that uh, they were both locked up intentionally by their dad, who is also locked up, and their dad is actually good, and they're both evil. And you let the dad out, and he takes care of business. Uh, it is implied in Mist that he kills them both, but that is later retconned. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of just... You do go back into the world of Mist after the game and see two scorch marks where their books used to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, on Riven, uh, you're back, and the dad, uh, Atris, is like, listen... Uh, I don't care about my sons. We're never going to mention my sons again in this game. But my wife, uh, my wife, <laughs> my, uh, my wife is gone because she went back to the world we originally came from, which is where my dad is. So we shut my dad there on purpose because he sucks a whole lot. 
Um, but she accidentally ended up back there, and I need you to rescue her and possibly, while you're at it, lock my dad in a book prison for the rest of his life. Again. Um, <laughs> Do it again, because we did it the first time, and it wasn't good well, enough. A, a, a smaller book. The problem is, last time we put him in a big book with, like, theoretical ways to exit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, while you're at it, the place he's in is a world he built, and he built he sucks at building shit, so the world is falling apart. If you could help us save some lives, that'd be cool, too. So you go there to this world called Riven, uh, and uh, you explore around. Um, You discover there's a resistance against Gen, who's his dad, the evil dad. Um, You meet Gen. Gen's like, I'm not such a bad guy. Don't ask why I won't let you out of this cage. Um, And uh, you hopefully don't buy it. You rescue Catherine. You, uh, you lock in up and then you go back to your own world because I think it's implied you're from, like, our world. Yeah, you are. You're from planet Earth. Um. And so you jump into a wormhole and go home. Eh, you kind of fall into a wormhole. Yeah, you know, yes. Atrus, yes, Atrus, it, it is, is like a, <laughs> Atrus has a rare medical condition where if he explains to you what is going on, he will die. So, he's, he starts out <laughs> no. this game going... And, hey, if you help me out, I think I can get you back to your world. What he means is, there is a giant fissure below the world of Riven, and my book fell there and went to Earth where you found it. So if I push you in there, theoretically, you will get to Earth one day. <laughs> it's it's great, like, because Atris and Catherine get out at the end of the game, and they walk away, they're like, I guess we'll never see each other again, peace. Mm-hmm. And then you're standing there, and the ground crumbles, and you fall into an endless sea of stars. And then Atrus's voiceover goes, what you don't realize is this is good, actually. (laughs) Here's the thing about Riven. Atrus is just like a mini-Gen, is the thing. Like, Gen is like turbo-racist, Atrus is like normal-racist. And so, like... That ending, you really it really just feels like you got played. Like you just got played by the mini bad guy. Yeah, like Atrus's whole family tree is so fucked. Like his his dad was evil, he his sons were evil to the point where he decided, Oh, I'm just gonna prison imprison them forever. And by the way, can you help me imprison my dad forever too? And then like he has a daughter in the later games who like becomes like if you trust her in the fifth game, you get fucked over too. <laughs> I, like, his it, whole family tree is a mess. You find a detail, there's a detail, I forget whose journal it's in, but there's a detail, which is that, like, Catherine's name is not Catherine. She's, like, from Riven, mm-hmm. which is, like, a, th- its own world. So her name is, like, Katron, and he started calling her Catherine, and, like, it just became her name. And that part, like, blew my fucking mind. That part sucks so much. <laughs> and the part where it's, like, no, see, the people of, because of everything that happened, because they, how they defied Gen, this group, the, the moiety, this group of, of rebels within Riven who resist Gen, uh, worship Atris as a god because he was able to defy Gen and do all this shit. Um, and they worship me too because he picked me as his like 
you know, I'm using this with, you know, awful sneer quotes, savage bride, right, from our land Mm -hmm. and elevated her. And it's like, I mean, that is what happened. That is how he thought about this girl. Uh (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then, like, and the, the root of, like, him and Gen's conflict, like, is basically that, like, he was teaching, uh, he was teaching Catherine how to, like, make books, and Gen was like, hold on, we are not doing this to, you know, big quotes, these people. Like, we're not teaching them mm-hmm. the art that we know, which is, which is, like, our claim to godhood and shit like that. It's fucking, it's fucking gross. Yeah, like, the, the big, the big theological difference between Atris and Gen is that Gen believes that as, as he's basically writing these ages, he thinks that he is actually creating them and is thus entitled to everything and everyone on it as a god. Mm-hmm. While Atris believes that these books are just merely links to millions of pre-existing worlds. But, like, it gets complicated because it seems like that's the game's opinion, too. But then you just have him sitting in Donnie the entire time, furiously scribbling at the Riven book, being like, Okay, so... Gen wrote this pretty terribly, so I'm just gonna continuously bug fix this thing while you're in there, and hopefully by the time you fix this, it'll just fall apart and we'll be able to get out before that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 way Riven is crumbling and the fact that he can repair it by writing basically fundamentally disproves this and says, no, they did build these. Yeah, like, that, I mean, they made it. That's how it works. Yes. Like, literally, like, you write in a book, like, that you, you like, do the... You do the art of bookmaking and you're like, oh, there was a field and there were lots of flowers and it will make you a field with lots of flowers. <laughs> like, And I mean, I get like I conceptually I could get it where you're like, well, OK, so it's it's multiverse theory. There are infinite worlds. And thus, like by writing this, I am inevitably linking to something that already exists. I could write anything and that world already exists. But then the reinforcing thing just, yeah, makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess you yeah. could argue that like. When you make changes through the book, it is merely linking you to a world, to a variation of the world of the book, which has the changes that you wrote in it. But at that point, fundamentally, you are like, is there much of a difference between that and you making the world? I would say no. Right. right. Yeah. At that point, you're just saying like, well, every time you move your hand, you create 50 billion universes. Hmm. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Like the the stronger excuse for like Gen and Atris hating each other is like, Gen is just shit at this. Like he's written 200, (laughs) he's written 233 different worlds and each one crumbles in different ways. Mm -hmm. Riven, the fifth age he made happens to be the most stable, but like even it started as a single island and drifted into five islands Mm -hmm. before just falling apart at the seams and basically while teaching while teaching Atris the art he realized that Atris was way better at this than him so he burned Atris's age and like imprisoned him which led him to go to Riven basically mm-hmm. so do you two know like the the all the backstory and shit I don't I mean I know <laughs> you, you say all I don't know <laughs> I know it's some stuff uh, I I ended up like I ended up finishing this way ahead of time, so I downloaded a copy of the Mistreater onto my Kindle and, like, got ten chapters into the first book, the Book of Atrus, and it's basically the Denis thing is just, like, a replication of, like, the fall of Rome or whatever, just in terms of, like, 
oh, all these people who were just very sophisticated but were very brutal on how they treated other people. Like, <laughs> eventually there was a popular rebellion and everything fell apart. <laughs> oh, did they get shot? Did they, uh... Did they take an arrow to Denis? Uh, what happened? What happened was that there was a guy who was pissed, so he made a world where there was like a plague, and then just like linked the plague into the Denis world and killed everybody except for Gen. Wow, that's that's fucking rough, man. <laughs> and then Gen is like, I have to rebuild the Denis civilization. Um, so this can happen again. Those guys seemed so cool. <laughs> I mean, he did. Okay. The thing about Gen, when this happens, he is 13, which is exactly the right age to be like, fuck, my society was so fucking cool, I have to spend the rest of my life trying to make it again. You know? Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, okay. So, Jen, did did the book, did the chapters of the book that you read not mention that the Denis live in caves under Earth? Oh, yeah, they mentioned that. Like, they, okay. they don't have, like, they have, like, 25 hours instead of 24 because they operate on, like... How bright the ele- the plankton below, like below their houses, yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, they um, a whole thing. In the like lore, in the lore thing that I read, it's like their original world was falling apart. So like the Denis are a group of people who like made a new world to go to, and originally they had this thing about how like. You know, they they had this, like, we have to live in, like, a Spartan existence, so they made a world that was just, like, a, a network of subterranean tunnels, and then, like, you know, you can't have a world of subterranean tunnels without, like, an actual planet surrounding it, so that planet was, like, Earth. Like, just human, like, human beings, as we know them, just, like, grow and, and live you know, they, like, evolve and live on Earth. But also they look exactly like the Denis because the Denis created Earth. Um, it's, like, deeply stupid in a way that I love. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> the game Uru, like, starts with you going to Nevada and meeting Yusha there. And you're like, alright, let's go let's go Spelunk and find out, find all these Denis artifacts. Yeah, I think, um, I think technically, like, I think Gen is, like, half- half Denis because like there's like his mother was like a human woman who like fell through a hole and was like in the Denis world and they're like well we can't let you go back and tell and tell like the American government that there's like a civilization of wizards living below the earth so you're stuck here now she's like well shit I guess I'll have a son who sucks yeah and like she is basically treated as like the pivotal character for the entire series because like in addition to having Gen, like, she was the one who convinced the whole Denis Council to let mm-hmm. the... Uh, to basically imprison the guy who was causing trouble instead of executing him. Yeah, and... so it's a whole thing about how... It's a whole thing about how, like, the death penalty is cool and good. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then she's the one who ends up raising Atris because, like, Gen, after Gen's wife died... He's like, okay, here's my shithead baby son. Like, throw him over the cliff if you want to. I don't care what you do with him. I'm leaving. Then 14 years later, he comes back and he's like, oh, hey, my son's still around? I'm going to take him now. Thank you. Actually, I want it again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. I've decided that I'm going... I was going to, like, leave him to his fate, but I've decided to make him into a mini-me. Surely this will work. (laughs) What if, what if, unlike me, he's good at world building? 
That's bad, though. He can't be too good at world building. No, no. I was hoping he'd be good at like, like adding world building to my books, but then he just writes his own books uh, and their kids. And then stories, he, and then he taught it, and then he taught the world building thing to his ethnic wife, who's even better at world oh, building boy. than both of us. Oh and, boy, <sighs> that's that's no. She, good. She's like mystically better too, in a way that's like linked to her 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 rate her like racialness. It's it's just very fraught. <laughs> I do not want to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of why games three and four just focus on, like, people who were hurt by Atris's shithead sons instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, three is about, um, the the villain of three is, like, a guy who happened to be in one of the worlds that uh, Cirrus or Akinar burned. Four is about Yusha going missing and, like, you having to venture into... Their prison books, which are suddenly like full ass ages rather than just a little square that someone opens and goes, ha ha ha, you're in prison now. Also, they they uh, exist. They survived. Yeah, That's, they did yeah, not get burned. God, I, I could get into spoilers for Mist 4 that were just so fucking ridiculous. But we should probably talk about the, the, I mean, we've done, I'm enjoying this conversation, but... We haven't really talked about what the fucking game is. Women. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> after the backstory... Yeah, basically, the way the game opens, after Atris explains, like, okay, I'm sending you in. Please trap my father. Please rescue my wife. Um, you travel there. A guard takes away your prison book, which is then immediately stolen by one of the members of the Moite. A fucking, and, uh, like, a fucking, uh, like... A fucking like Skyrim assassin guy shows up with a with a point with a blow dart and is like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then he lets you go, and then you're kind of free to explore the island, or the islands. Oh, and like this is the actual part of exploration. Like I feel like is this game's strong suit. Like it does. Like, immediately on that first island, you can go to the left and you see this whole, like, throne, like, this monument that Gen has built for himself, where you look through these little peepholes and see these intense mosaics he's built to deify himself. And, uh, immediately across from that, like, you see a whole temple that has a weird cage around it, but... You mess around with some of the stuff near the cage and you realize, oh, he just projects himself like t- t- like 150 times the size of what he actually is and gives sermons here or some shit. Again, like, again is the Wizard of Oz and he loves domes. He does love domes, yeah. <laughs> that, bitch, that bitch made so many domes. <laughs> yeah, everything it... It's such a pretty game especially for the time but it's also just very funny going around and seeing all these domes everywhere like they got they got a former disney animator to work on this like uh around the time they were showing off mist like they this guy just came up to them and is like hey how's it going and (laughs) they decide okay it'd be nice to have a bit more visual flair other than like the weird, okay, here's a spaceship. Okay, here's a little regular ship. All that stuff that happened in Mist. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah. And there are some really striking vistas here. But, uh... Yeah, a lot of domes. <laughs> yeah, I love the... I think my favorite area is, like, the village. Um, with the with the water that, like, 
there's holes in the water because it like will will be repelled by heat so there's like a, a tram mm-hmm. that just like makes a continuously makes a tunnel in the water as it goes around and like that that's pretty cool there's some cool shit yeah the fucking space mountain is pretty sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's just got the, the the glowing rings like of just like clearly just heat coils because the water the water has bacteria in it that control the water and heat kills them so they stay away from heat. Mm-hmm. That's like a thing you read in Gen's diary. But even that it's like, well this is kind of my best guess cuz I have more important shit to do than figure out why the water's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like young Jen like she couldn't figure out a lot of what was happening here, but let me tell you, I went on that little maglev train ride so many times. It's just such, it has such a good sense of speed and like it's about to fall off at any moment. The part mm-hmm. where you're just, it does a little arc up and it looks like it's about to jump straight off the tracks. It's, this game has a lot of fun with transportation and I enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game is like think- 60% riding on trains. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about, like, this game is, like, I really love the way it does, like, the sort of, like, world building of, like, you're in a place that you, as the pl- as the player character, don't know. And, like, I feel like, I don't know, if, if I, I don't want to say if this game was made today, because a lot of people are making games today, but it's so easy to imagine a version of this game where you're, like, collecting parts of a codex to translate the l- native language and, you know, like, all this shit. And, like, Riven, you barely get enough to walk around. Yeah. Like, it is so much like, you don't understand this culture for shit. You learn enough to be able to be like, if I press this button, I will not die. Great. Yeah, there's multiple parts <laughs> of this game where, like... There's multiple parts of this game where you're, like, facing down, like, somebody from Riven, and you guys just can't fucking communicate. Like, the... You you don't team up with the Rebel from the beginning because you can't fucking talk to each other. And the Rebel's just like, well, I was here to knock out this guard and steal his shit. I don't really care what you're up to. Goodbye, strange person. And then, like, leaves. Or the part mm-hmm. where, like, you actually meet the Rebels and they put you in a, in a jail cell and somebody comes in and is like... Uh, well, you know, we can't really speak to each other, but here's the diary from, like, the other foreign person who is here. So they just, like, give you Catherine's diary, which is in English, um, and that's really all you get. (laughs) And and they're also just, like, there's, like, the lady is talking to you, and she's, like, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And you can tell what she's talking about. She's, like, okay, so Catherine's in trouble, Mm -hmm. and we need your help, and so you need to read the book. Mm Mm-hmm read the read the book and she's like pointing like god damn it just read the yeah <laughs> like there's this great sensation with her and also like one of gen's guards that we see at the beginning where they're just like look I- i'm trying to communicate this to you it seems like a lost cause because you're not understanding any of this but like i'm just gonna keep emphasizing and hopefully it gets through to you i love the like the moiety guy in the prison who like you can try to talk to him and he just like ignores you and then you can do a puzzle to like open his cell and free him and then when you do that he's like gone because he went through a secret rebel passage just he just didn't want to fuck with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah like whenever you approach the village you'll see um someone in the watchtower poke their head up like raise an alarm and head back in and that's why the village is pretty much always deserted when you get there Mm -hmm. there's one part where you like run into a little kid who's running around before her mother scoops her up but uh Mm -hmm. yeah like it it's great too because if you go to a specific door on the village 
and knock five times because the number five is like considered important here. Mm-hmm. Like you get a very brief scene of some of a little um, sight hole opening. See someone's face looking at you, very unimpressed, and then closing it again. <laughs> and that's all you get. <laughs> yeah, it's there's like a really there's a really good mood to the way that like you are in these like. You know, I never played Mist. What I gathered from Mist is that, like, you are in these worlds where there is nobody. Like, for one reason or another, there's just nobody. But, like, in in Riven, Mm -hmm. you're in multiple locales that are populated, but, you know, just because they don't really have the, the capability for you to interact with someone in this game. Like, you get these very few interactions, and then a lot of, like ways that you understand that people are here but you can't like interact with them in any way um i like the part when you're like in the cell the like the moiety cell and you can look outside and see that like people are walking around but like you just can't interact with anyone at all um it's like a very it's a very like lonely feeling game and it adds a weird kind of tension to everything like whenever Mm -hmm. i ran into a person in this game i was like oh fuck like Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that sense of loneliness in Mist too. Like, when I was a kid, and I, like, I was so convinced that if I was if I stayed in one place for too long, someone's going to sneak up behind me and stab me or something. So I would just run into the library, hit the buttons to, like, close the door behind me, climb up to the tower, and it's like, okay, I've checked all the exits. I'm safe here. I'm going to just hang out here for a bit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that, like, tension. Like, when Gen shows up and just starts talking to you in English, it's like, what the fuck is... What? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I did, I barely even paid attention to what he was saying for, like, 40 seconds, and I was like, oh, okay, he's trying to convince me that he's good now. Yeah, he's like, please pay no attention to the giant, like, you know, <laughs> monuments I made to myself. I've really turned over a new leaf. Yeah, and you're like, please okay. pay no attention to the part where I, like, made a new age to put myself here because I just didn't want to deal with the people that I see as subhuman in the world that I made. Uh, I Really, I've been thinking a lot. I've been really learning and growing. Um, and I just want to see my son again. Uh, I locked up his wife, but don't worry about it. She's so crazy, man. You know, bitches, am I right? <laughs> the part where he tries to convince you that Catherine is, like, unstable, and then you just talk to her, and she's like, hey, how's it going? I'm in prison. Can you get me out of prison? Also, also, she, he's like, I just, I don't know what to tell you. She's convinced she's a goddess, and oh, she has divine power. And she's like, and then you, like, immediately find her book, and she's like, I am so uncomfortable with these people treating me like I'm a goddess. <laughs> you're like... Okay. And then you read Gen's diary, and it's just like racism, 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 racism. Bad engineering, racism, racism, racism. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't read Gen's diary until after you decide to trap him in the book. Um, well, there's that other diary, like in his, uh, in the, in that quarry area. Oh where yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Just... in his like workshop place, right? Yeah. Yeah, where he's just being very open about how, oh yeah, I created this place and I own all these people here and all that. Is that the one where he's just like, damn, if I knew how effective feeding them to the fucked up shark whales would be, I wouldn't have had them kill all the whales. I think that's it, yeah. Because, like, 
Th this game has these uh, large whale creatures called works, and the really out. clever thing about the way that they the game does this is that uh, if you mess around in the village, you can get into the bathysphere, like submarine, and uh, head over to a schoolhouse where, and this is like this schoolhouse feature solves so many th different problems in elegant way. Like one. It teaches you the most important thing in this game, which is like the number system that the people of Riven use. Mm -hmm. Two, the rith the number system is like a toy that, like, whenever you press it, it goes down X number of notches while showing you the, like, digit in the Riven numeral system. And three, the toy is like showing a person, like, being dangled from a rope and being fed to a work. And, like, that's just a thing that's outside. That's, that's a thing that they do to people here. Mm. Yeah, there's also an execution cage. Yeah, like, he's teaching these kids, like, how to count by showing how he's going to kill them if they disobey. It's real fucked. And he's also teaching, like, he has, again, one of those projectors of himself at the at the front of the classroom. And then also, like... It's, I mean, you you said, like, the Riven language, and that's true by default. It is the Denis numbering scheme. He is, like, here, you will learn yeah. the numbers that my people came up he with. He has a thing, he has a line in his journal where he talks about how, like, he he talks about his, like, his attempts to, like, basically turn the Rivenese people into Denis people is, like, it's harder with the adults because they take information that he tells them and then, like, interpret it. They think about it. Like, they use critical thinking and, like, interpret it within their own frameworks. And he's like, it's much easier with the children because you can just teach them the correct things and then they believe the correct things. And it's like, oh, you are, like, you're on some hardcore, like, colonialism shit. Yeah, like, if the rest of the game wasn't treating Catherine the way it treats Catherine, or, like, if Atrus wasn't the way it was, you could mm -hmm. almost argue that this game is talking about these things in an intelligent manner. I mean, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's a thing where it is really accurately talking about, like, you know, colonialism, and that, like, Gen is basically trying to commit, like, a cultural genocide here. But then the thing is, that it's just, like, the good guy in this game is just, like, a mini-gen. <laughs> like, it's not really willing to talk about how Atrus is, like, not actually that different from his father. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's one of those situations where they're so fixated on the thing in front of them that they forget to make the rest of it around it, like, match as well. <laughs> I just think there's not really, like... There's just not really in the game, like, uh, there's just not really, like, a recognition of, like, what Atris is, really. There's just an assumption of, like, well, he is, you know, he's on your side. He's the good guy in the family, so he's, he's helping you out. But, like, the man is a son of, like, the man is the son of this, like, mega maniacal, uh, like, imperialist guy. And then, like, he had two sons and they were also... <laughs> Like, megalomaniacal imperial, those guys. So you have to question, like, what's the common link here? Oh, it's a it's Atris. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had a daughter, and then the daughter went a whole different direction. That was equally, like, oh dear. But, yeah. It's... 
yeah. Like, as much as I love the way that this game communicates, it's like... I, I feel like this game does in-world storytelling so much better than even games that came out 20 years later. Um, yeah, it still has all that hanging over it as well. Out of curiosity, how much did y'all end up using walkthroughs for this? Oh, the whole time. Yeah, a ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I, I used it a lot as well. I was, like, I was playing this I for wanna... a podcast on a deadline. I'm, <laughs> I have a full-time job. I'm not fucking around with the Riven puzzles. Yeah, I, I want to go back to them. Like, I was telling Jen, I think the way that I want to do this is I want to play through also Mist with a walkthrough. And then with the faint memories of the walkthrough in my mind, I would love to play through these games again without them. Yeah, I think that could be fun. Because... Because, like, having, like, I, I did play Mist back in the day. And listen, the way Mist just drops you in it, it's, it is too much for me. I would like a little more guidance, please. But, like, I do feel like, I, I do feel like I missed stuff when it was like, okay, here's this puzzle, here's the solution. I would have liked a little, like, you know, because a lot of the puzzles are not puzzles the way you tend to think of them right it's like figuring out the way the interface for this machine works very often and mm -hmm. that that like that's fine i'm down with that the one with the fucking marbles can go straight to fucking hell <laughs> but um yeah it is so wild that like that whole marble puzzle because like you can go over to a different island and like get a look at th these islands uh topography and if you look closely at that it'll tell you where to put each marble but like even then, it, the grid that it gives you to put all of these marbles in is so massive with all these tiny holes. And the real stinker is that, like, one of the marbles you're not supposed to use at all. You're just supposed to leave it in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I'm not fucking with that. I am so <laughs> tired. <laughs> I finished this yeah. game. I finished this game the day after I called out of work because I had a stomach bug. <laughs> Like, I'm not fucking with the marble thing. Yeah, like, even when I played this uh, years ago, I did not fuck with the marble thing. But uh, I did initially, like, back when I played this originally, I kept a notebook with me. I was, like, going to all the various orbs and, like, listening for the specific uh, animal call and writing out the number that was associated with them, going to the school and, like, creating a whole chart for how each number worked and it's it's really fun when you approach it like that but also like people walk through handy to just go to it's like okay this part is bullshit i'm just gonna brute force my way oh is that this. what the orbs were for i wrote all of that down but i had a walkthrough and i never then the walkthrough was never like okay remember all the stuff you wrote down it never did that yeah um, like the, the way you, when you go into the secret when you go into the secret tunnel and, like, head to the place that takes you to the Moite world, like, those, the numbers and the noises they're making, like, they correspond with the buttons you have to press right. to... Right, now that, once you mentioned, I'm like, oh, of course that's what that is. But it's just, like, I just went in there and I, and I, basically, my main thought of that puzzle was, like, okay, three of these things look like fish, you stupid assholes. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part for me was, like, when you, you, you basically... You, you were like, okay, where can I look for the numbers? What do they look like? And I gave you a basic description. And then you were like, okay, so I've traveled to the 233rd age. By the way, when was it going to teach me the number situation? And I was just like, 
if you just go to the island and look at the school, like the school tells you all that information, <laughs> you, you skipped the entire. You somehow I, got to the twenty two hundred thirty third age without ever visiting the village. And then I went to the village afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, this is where you gave me the information I already needed." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th this game doesn't have a. This game just lets you walk around all sorts of places before you're ready to actually solve things there. And it is cool in terms of a giving you the, the idea that this is uh, non-linear, but also linear in the way that it's doling out information. But uh, yeah, it is one of those situations where if you're just going to a place and you don't have the information ready to resolve it, like you may get frustrated. And it also, like, doesn't tell you when you've actually solved things half the time. Like, you can mm -hmm. fiddle knobs back and forth without realizing that you're solving and unsolving specific problems. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you any of that. Yeah, there's there's certain places where you have to have in your mind, like, okay, I have done this, which changed, some, which changed something on this other island. So I have to go back and, like, um, or maybe not on another island, but, like, you know there's nothing that tells you you're done like actually you've opened this door but this door is a few screens away so you have to like know mm. what you're doing enough to know you know you have to go back and go through that door now right like if if it's like if it's like right next to you right if it's a screen or two away when you flip a switch very often you hear like machinery moving but if it's more than that you just flip a switch and there's no like it doesn't do the fmv it doesn't do the thing where it stops you because sound is playing it's just like Okay, I flipped a switch. You oh, did it. There's a part, you know, because I was using a walkthrough, right? There's a part where it's like, okay, there's a switch here that you have to flip. It will do nothing right now, but trust me, flip it. Because otherwise, you're going to get like four islands away and then need to cross this bridge to go back. And this switch you're flipping right now will make it so that the bridge is down when you need to use it. Otherwise, you will have to go all the way back around, retrace your entire path. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like hell. <laughs> I love having a guide. In... Yeah, and keep in mind that like... The way we played it, like, off GOG, like, that is the most convenient way. Like, the way this game originally released was on five separate CDs. And Ooh. depending on the island you were on or the sequence you were on, like, you had to be swapping CDs constantly. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was a very pretty CD set, but yeah, like... Have the hell, dawn hell, of hell, hell. <laughs> The dawn of digital distribution has been great. Uh... <laughs> I'm just thinking about that Like the person who gets stuck And is just wandering back and forth Between two islands Being like oh well time to pull out the fucking disc Oh my god Man I love living in the future <laughs> Yeah one of the many Well one of the few upsides is like Being able to play something like this without any hassle so it is funny how whenever you get to the credits, it just force closes itself a little bit earlier than it's supposed to. <laughs> Fuck this. We're so you're done. just reading the last line of the credits and then suddenly whoop, it's closed. No more Riven. Yep. I mean, the world crumbled. It makes sense. The I, yeah, the world did crumble. I guess. You did it. You crumbled the world. I mean, you just sped things along because you wanted to leave. It's fine. <laughs> you do, like, the way you do end this game is, like, going over to the starfisher and, like, taking all of, all of the safety constraints out and just, like, 
lowering this fucking telescope through this glass shield. <laughs> I really want to, like, I, I know it randomizes the combination for that. I want to know if it, like... Is it possible to just possible? do that instantly? You can. You right, can. to just brute force... You can, you can just walk up and instantly destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read online that there's a bad end, which is just, like, you do that. And then the game is like, why the fuck would you do this? And you're like, eh. <laughs> I wanted to go home. I don't fucking care about this fascist and his wife. I just want to go home. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of just good, like, bad endings in this, just in terms of, like, you're given very clear instructions of what you're supposed to do here, and there are numerous points where you can just decide not to follow those instructions and just fuck everything up in an entertaining way. Like... The One of the big ones, like, right off the top, is once you get the trap book, you can take it over to Gen, and Gen's like, okay, well, if I'm gonna go through this, I'm kinda don't trust you right now, so you first. And if you just sit there and don't do anything, like, first, he holds it up, and he's like, okay, I don't know why we're doing this, but come back once you're ready to go through. Second time, he holds it open for a little bit less time. And it's like, okay, you're getting on my nerves. If you come back here, you need to do this. Third time, he holds it open for three seconds. And it's like, oh, why am I even doing this? Fuck you. And this just shoots you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you also, and I did accidentally almost do this because I just forgot. You can, okay, so I, you, it's the trap book. You get in to show that it's quote unquote safe. And then he gets in and you're like, haha, I've trapped him. And I was like, oh, what's in this book? <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, this is a bad idea. I need to close this book. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you can, there's multiple things you have to have done in order to get the right ending. So like if you open the fissure without capturing Gen, he shows up, kills Atris, and then you, if you trap Again, but don't rescue Catherine. Atrus just shows up and he's pretty depressed about it. Like, there's a bunch of things you can do here. <laughs> that all just have, and oftentimes when you do them, the characters are just either like, I don't understand why you did this, or the other way. Whenever it's Gen is like, well, this seems very counterintuitive of you, but thank you. I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, there's there's an ending where Gen just like shoots you, <laughs> and it's like, hey, idiot, nice job, moron. <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, it is the one element of like fulfilling these requirements. That's the one thing this game makes abundantly clear what you're supposed to do. Like, all other cases, it's understandable if you mess up. Here, you kind of have to do it because you want to do it. I think my favorite terrible bad ending is the one where you trap Gen and then, like, release him from the prison book by putting yourself in it. And he's just like, well, <laughs> that was weird of you, but thank you. I'll write you into the history books when I revive the Denis culture. Bye. <laughs> That's the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, I feel like this both was and wasn't what I expected. Um, like, I played Mist, and this is 
the parts of this that are just missed again, it's like, oh yeah, of course. But like, I was surprised, and I think pleasantly, like, I don't know, I guess just modern games ruining my brain, I was like, oh, there'll be a bunch of, like, audio logs and shit around, and I'll just learn all about this world. It's like, no, I really appreciate the way this game just doesn't fucking tell you. <laughs> yeah. It it would be nice if the journals were a little bit more legible sometimes, especially given the age they came out. Like, we did have to, at some point, look up online transcriptions of some of them. Well, Catherine specifically. Catherine's is just very hard to read at points. Catherine's is completely fucking illegible. Yeah. I, I just have difficulty reading cursive, so I looked up a, I looked up a I, transcription for every journal. It's, it's not just the cursive, though. It's not, like... Catherine's... I don't know how you're supposed to read that. Catherine's... It's, like, the combination of the cursive and, like, the resolution. It's just, like, there are parts where it's just... This squiggle could say anything. I know my cursive pretty damn well. This is just nonsense. Yeah, other than the illegible journals, though, like, (laughs) it is a situation where you just kind of go into the environment and take it as is, and it's refreshing that it has that much faith in you as the player. Like, it... And also, like, sometimes it's just going to an area and watching a cool animation play out, because, like... Now they have best-selling PC game of all time money, so you... The one that always sticks out to me is, like, when you're kind of exploring in the underwater observation area that Gen has built, um, to get into there, you take a elevator, and the way you summon the elevator, you press a button, and then, like, a gold... <laughs> a shining gold carriage, like, turns around and opens, like, a drawbridge from a castle. And... It's so stunning to look at even now. I I will say visually, I mean, like, I found it charming, but it, it is kind of a flaw with the game's appearance that, like, anything that's gonna have animation pretty much has, like, the, the effect of, like, old cartoons where something is drawn differently because it's gonna move. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're clear, like, like you will see, like, a, a box around an object where the colors are slightly different because it's like, oh, because this is gonna play... And it just, it is a little, like, it's a little jarring. Yeah, like, that was definitely something they talked about in behind-the-scenes stuff, like how in order to fit the first game and the second game onto the discs, they had to, like, like, size down multiple animations so that it only played on certain parts of the screen. But, like, if you look on modern displays and not CRTs, you can totally see the seams as they appear and disappear when something moves around. Mm-hmm. Also, why there were a lot of them where the animation like ended, and the FMV did not, and so I was just like, "All right, I guess I'm checking my phone for the next ten seconds while nothing happens." Yeah, I think that might be a a holdover from like all of the, like the first Miss Game has received so many different remakes and um, re-releases that it runs much more smoothly, but this one like. I feel like this one still operates from the idea of, like, okay, we need to give this game enough time to pick back up on the CD where you're supposed to be. Yeah, fair enough. There haven't been a lot of Riven remakes. Yeah. Like, Mist got ported to... everything. (laughs) Uh, It it got ported to the fucking pocket PC. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, it seems like pretty much the original version of Mist is the only one worth playing. Looking at it, I mean, like the, some of the ports are fine, but like they did a bunch of remakes where it's like, hey, check it out. We made it a full 3D free roaming thing several times. We've done this several times, and every time it's like that's not what the fucking game is. <laughs> yeah, the o- the only the only remake that's worth playing for them is Mist Masterpiece Edition because it's mostly just the same thing, and they just upped the resolution for certain things and remastered the music. Yeah, it's but, a masterpiece uh, now. <laughs> but I just I want to play the sixth age rhyme. <laughs> yeah, I'll rhyme. Uh, you should see the speed runs for like real missed masterpiece edition that I think Games Done Quick did it one year, and it was just like ten or fifteen minutes of the person constantly clipping out of bounds and to a degree that like that. You can clip out of bounds in a lot of games. The degree to which you can clip out of bounds in Real Mist is something else. Well, you probably can't do it anymore thanks to version 2.0 released on January 28, 2015. <laughs> yeah. Or the Switch version, which came out two years ago. Wait, there was a Switch version? This Real Mist Masterpiece Edition came out on the Nintendo Switch May 21st, 2020. God, it really has been on everything. <laughs> it got a DS release. Like, goddamn. I might play the DS release. That sounds great. <laughs> have we have we run out of things to talk about for Riven? Or yeah, I'm out. Uh I just, I just. When when does Riven show up? I want to hit Q and do a a Rekka and and you know like you have the sword. Uh, and po- possibly have my master killed by Yasuo. Unclear in the lore. I want to hit. I want to hit again with the R slash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he traps you. He traps you in that cage, and you're just like, check this out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I forget that my co-hosts have a lot of experience in um, mobas. Okay, you don't have to get fucking rude about it. Yeah, I feel like that's really mean to Olivia. Like, no, you're allowed, no. to, you're allowed to do that to me. That's fair. But I'm just like, referring to you, Six, because you host a MOBA podcast that eventually you became... You made it plural. I'm, I'm a God-fearing I'm Christian woman. <laughs> I, I run a Dota 2 podcast that isn't actually about Dota 2, so I fear no God. None of that is a lie. I'm afraid of God and I'm baptized and a woman. None of that is a lie. Don't laugh. Yeah. None of mine was a lie. My podcast isn't really about Dota, though it started as it, and I am not afraid of God. <laughs> What's up? All right, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> let's get to let's get to some emails. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, Do we have see. any? Um. Oh, did, do we not have any emails this time? I don't think we have any emails. I think people people are just like Rivet's an old game and no one wants to play it. <laughs> yeah. I I did have like at least a mutual who was trying to play through Vist before being like, oh fuck this. But uh <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in case people want to send us questions about this after the fact or about our next game, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com and use novel not new with the subject line. Also, should I clear up the thing that happened last time, or? 
<laughs> Wait, what happened last time? You know the thing where you told me like a a tweet from a oh few... don't 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 worry about that. We're fine. Okay, We're fine. okay. Don't worry yeah. about it. Okay. I want to get I want to get more emails about <laughs> incredibly horny niche <laughs> indie games. Yeah. That... Does Olivia know about this? No, I have no idea what's going on. Oh man, we have to talk after the pod. We got some. I wouldn't call them listener emails. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. We'll we'll get into it. <laughs> anyway, let's see. Yeah. In closing, like I, I was a huge Mist fan back when I was younger. Like I was such a big fan of the series to the point where, like. I played all the games. I subscribed to GameTap back when that was a thing to like play the MMO. Um, I had multiple unfinished journals where I tried to write my own age. Like that's just something I spent my time doing, just trying to um, describe things before realizing I'm kind of terrible at describing a location. So this isn't going to go anywhere. But uh, mm. yeah, like these games. Even some of the later ones that weren't as good, like there's something very exciting to me about that setting. The idea of just like opening up a book and it literally takes you to another place and just the various, like the various familial strifes that people have over the ability to like create these or destroy these or all that sort of stuff. Like that's some fun Mm -hmm. fantasy stuff from time to time. Actually, I changed my mind. Olivia, I'm going to send you one of these in the group chat. Uh, we don't need to read it. I just want to hear you react to All it. All right. You okay. ready? Okay, I'm navigating. Looking at the email. First thing it says, why is this message in spam? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Man, I mean shoot your shot, right? Like the worst right, thing you yeah. can say is it. no. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, a little a little impressed that they I would never have had the courage to send this email. No. I would not I would not even make it to the position where I like could send this email, you know? Yeah, totally. Alright. Yeah, I guess I will say like final my thought my final thoughts on Riven are just like going back to it, like actually knowing what I could do to to solve it, and part of that just being going and looking at walkthroughs for me. Like it was fun to revisit this world and see a few more flaws that I kinda glossed over when I was a kid, but also just like I just find the setting and the way it looks just still kind of incredible. And it still holds up somewhat from my memories. Yeah, I had I had no childhood experience with it, but I don't I don't regret it. It was an interesting interesting play. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's this it's cool things. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So on that note, um what are we playing next, Olivia? Uh, okay. So I'm taking us back. It's back to our roots. We're gonna play a visual novel that's too damn long, and there's roots. We're gonna play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're gonna play Busta Fellows. 
which is a game that I, I don't remember if you're literally in New York or if it's like a just a very New York inspired setting. Uh, but you play you play a young reporter in in very anime New York who has a power. Okay, just just bear with me here. Has a power that lets her travel back in time and inhabit a random person's body. Um, and she uses this power to gather information for stories. Um, she ends up running into a famous lawyer who is then assassinated and uses her power to save him. He turns out to be part of a group of underworld fixers, and because they think she might be some kind of, like, fourth-dimensional assassin, they, like, force her to come along with them on their, like, fixer jobs, and she will later be able to, uh, date one of them. It's a Notome game. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a there's a guy who's like, what if Badler from Umineko was actually kind of cool? There's a there's an there's a hitman guy. There's like a there's like a gay plastic surgeon guy. There's an autistic uh, coroner guy, and then what's the fifth guy? The nerd. There's an unseen nerd. Yeah, guy. The, the cyber geek. It says here, <laughs> guy who calls himself like the Lord of the Underworld or something like that. But yeah, we're going to play that. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we've covered an Otome game. And a little bit of time since we've covered an a, vis- a visual novel. So I'm excited to get back to it. <laughs> like, I've met, all, I've met all the boys and three of them have, like, pointed weapons at me. <laughs> Mul- multiple, multiple boys have uh, analyzed the character's facial structure. I The art on the Steam page is most like it's pretty i like it but i also like just like the so the art for the different characters is like okay here's just their normal portrait art and then the, here's a striking scene from mm-hmm. them so like the the hacker guy is like you know like just him smiling and then the art of him is him in his chair looking devious and then like the hitman is like has blood splattered on and a cigarette in his hand and the lawyer looks like he's yelling at someone but he for some reason has a hot dog in his <laughs> hand <laughs> oh that's that's the scene where the police uh take him into interrogation and tell him he can't eat a hot dog here and he goes okay i'll eat it fast and they go no you can't have a hot dog in here at all he's like this sucks i hate the police oh so it's actually chicago (laughs) no it's very much new york i mean i you know what they're they have hot dogs in new york that's allowed i guess i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna start i'm not even gonna start I, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for us this time. Um. <laughs> not even going to start. Um, I'm not even from New York. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, so, uh, well, yeah. so people from New Jersey care more about New York than people from and New York. And people from New York care more about New Jersey than people from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey too, kind of. Nice. <laughs> How much do you care about New York, Jen? <laughs> Uh, not so much. I guess you don't live in New Jersey anymore. Maybe it's worn off on you. Haven't in a long fucking time. Yeah, I, I've kind of... I've been all around the United States, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> you could put it like that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, until next time, folks. Uh, catch you later. Or catch do you, you later. Do you want to do plugs or anything? Oh, or? yeah, plugs! <laughs> Oh, I'm always. I was such a great host. Okay. Quick to A. <laughs> <laughs>
Where can people find you, Olivia? You can find me on Twitter at Great Grieve, which is a type of bird. You can find a pinned tweet there, uh, which has links to all my other podcasts, such as Attention Duelists, where me and my girlfriend are watching Yu-Gi-Oh! The Yu-Gi-Oh! that everyone remembers this time. We're watching that one now. Um, and uh, Do Not Steal, where we uh, where we kind of talk about tabletop games and make our own OCs. Holy shit. I just tweeted quick save just, you know, cause you know, it got a like in less than three seconds. And <laughs> hey, sometimes people are just on, sometimes people are just on tweet deck. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were just ready with that one. Locked and loaded. God bless. Where, where, um, can, where can people find you six? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at six Detmar S I X D E T T M A R. You can find my work and a lot of gens as well at scanlandmedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. We do a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I'm at JBU three on Twitter and I'm pretty much in all the same places that six is. So yeah. If you want to check out our work, it's on those websites. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I was about to just read out the sites again, but it felt redundant since you already read them. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, quick save. Yeah, I win. <laughs> yeah.